And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order, you know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's a great detective adventure on Broadway Is My Beat, starring Larry Thor from 1951. Then we'll celebrate Thanksgiving when Remley brings home a live turkey on the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show from 1950. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Well, you know what? We are going to celebrate Thanksgiving on this edition of Hollywood 360. And we're going to start things off, though, with a detective adventure of Broadway Is My Beat from November 3rd, 1951. It's called The Joe Blair Murder Case. It stars Larry Thor. Here's part one of Broadway Is My Beat. Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. The November night has a good hold on Broadway now. Broadway purrs in its embrace, rubs its cheek against the cool touch, then stops fighting it. The glitter explodes, the neon rockets its scarlet into darkness, bursts into wishing stars, cascades down on the happy event. The laughter hoarded during the week is spent freely now. The budget of dreams, have one kid, it's on me. It's the long night before Monday, give into it. Walk a hotel corridor past a room where gaiety is registered for the night. Hung the please do not disturb sign on its door. And the room next to it, the one you're looking for. Hi, Danny. And it's all there waiting for you. Detective Muggerman and the boy in worn denims, a faded wool shirt, sprawled in final exhaustion across the silk sheet of the hotel bed. The boy, dead of a knife wound. Quite a party next door. Think in a hotel this class, they thicken the wall. All right, Muggerman. What else have you got? The kid there, stabbed out of the heart. Couldn't find the knife, Danny. Couldn't even pry a visitor out of the hotel management. They're discreet, they tell me. Don't notice unannounced visitors, like this kid must have had. That's why... Well, just tell me what... I was going to say, Danny. They're so discreet in this hotel, that's why the party keeps going next door. Nobody knows there's someone dead, except the manager and a couple of bellhops. What made them sit up and take notice? Kid's phone was off the hook, kept lighting a light on the switchboard. But nobody said they wanted anything. The bellhop came up to find out why. Huh. Well, who is he? Registered Joe Blair. Identification card in his wallet says Joe Blair. That's about all there was in it. The card, some loose change, and these diamond dance tickets. That's his luggage on the chair. Knapsack with a tin of sardines. This is an expensive hotel. How come... I asked the same question of the discreet management. They say the kid came in, told him he hitched here from St. Louis, laid a $10 bill on the desk, says, give me what that buys. Yeah, just goes to show you what I... 
Really fun time next door, huh, Danny? The moment gathered together and held, an instant composed of drifting laughter that seeped through a wall and added itself to the nice things furnished by the management. Then silence. The moment of requiem for a dead boy. And later, when the room has been emptied, consider the few things neatly stacked on a chair. The paraphernalia for living of a hitchhiker named Joe Blair. Knapsack, wallet, diamond dance tickets. Seventh Avenue Paradise, the tickets read. Dance hall, no refunds. So walk down two blocks, turn left, go up a flight of steps into a place that sells its paradise for a dime a minute. And heaven is 20 girls 20 and a four-piece band and pink lights. Walk over to the very large guardian angel in a dinner jacket. Talk to him. Watch him as he moves away from you and whispers to the lesser angels in evening gowns. Finally, as he walks back with one of them in tow, leaves her with you. Hi. Hello, I'm Danny Clover. Well, the boss told me it was something special. He wasn't kidding. Mostly I tell everybody I don't get up till three. Police. Hey, hey, you snapping? No, you're, you're not, are you? Look, the, bo- the boss just said you were a friend of Joe Blair. You you got to understand when I said I was off at three to most parties. What I meant All I want to... you to do is tell me about Joe Blair. Oh. Oh, he's in trouble, huh? Well, if this bail goes over 50 bucks, I'm not going to be any help at all. Joe Blair's dead. Stabbed to death. Dead? Joe? Oh. He was here tonight, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was early, almost opening time. Bought five tickets. Well, he, he was standing where you were, and I was standing over there. We looked at each other, and both started running till we met. Did you know him before? No, just... Just dango, like in strange romances magazines. I didn't take a ticket from him, either. As a matter of fact, I... Well, I threw ten dollars in the pot so he could have a downy place to put his curly head to sleep tonight. That's how hard the boy struck me. Did he tell you anything about himself? Just that he hitchhiked across the country, he was broke, and he had a guy to see in the morning. A guy named uh, John, uh, John, John Logan, Rich Park Avenue type Logan. Other than that, we just looked flame and fire at each other. And that's all you can tell me, huh? Except my name's Vicky, and you didn't ask. Joe's dead. <laughs> what do you know? My name's Vicky. Hi. Excuse it, Danny. But, you know, I... I get the message. You know it's late, you're tired. Give me what you got, then you can go home. Those words. Like a good night kiss. <clears throat> what I've got. To wit, having checked the Logans who breathe Park Avenue's air, I have come up with a Logan who fits our bill. Hmm? A John Logan, to whose household over the phone, the name of Joe Blair, deceased of a knife, is not unknown. You talk to him? Well, how could I, Danny? Said John Logan is now in Europe, where he has been for six weeks, where he is partaking... Who did you talk to? To a wife, I think. She said she was a wife. She said, yeah, I know a Joey Blair, but don't bother me no more with it, she said, as I am on my way to a ball. In the morning, bother me, honey, she said. Honey, she said, to a stranger. You did good, Gino. Go home. 
You honestly think I did good, Danny? Shows I can relate to Mrs. T. Did you honestly... I kid you, Danny Clover. Look, you. Danny Clover's closed for the night. Sorry to keep you, Danny Boy, but tonight you loaded me with a big sorrow. This big, maybe big. Who are you? You walk by me maybe eight, twelve times a day and I don't register with you, huh, kid? No, no, you don't. Warm your hand in Tommy Caps, Danny Boy. Tommy Cap. Address, Broadway. Profession, Broadway. You said I made you sad. Why? You come to my girl, and you don't dance with her. Vicky Harper? You don't dance with her, and all it costs is dimes. You talk to her about a hitchhiker what's stabbed in a class hotel. This kind of schmooze upsets an innocent thing like Vicky. Gives her migraines, up here. I come to protect her from... Can't she take care of herself, Tommy? Take care of herself? She's so stupid, she gives a vag ten bucks to sleep on silk. That's my Vicky, innocent, good-hearted, generous with her cuts from dimes. For this, she has to suffer from policemen who come bearing only murdered hitchhikers. Why? Stick around, Tommy. We can make you suffer, too. Because maybe you reach Joe Blair. Because maybe... Sarge, your man's a comic. He's a comic because I got an alibi ten blocks long. I'll give you addresses, kid. I'll treat you like a baby while you check. I'll check. Well, good night, Gino. Hey, Danny, your kid, how's about I give you a lift home? My car's outside. We can go any... No, pre- thanks. How about you, Sarge? I'll ride you home wherever you live. Brooklyn, the Bronx, Canarsie, wherever you want to well, go. Well, if you're sure it's not out of your way. What's out of my way? It's late and I ain't had man talk for days. Come on, let's go, Sarge. Uh, Danny? Yeah, Gino? Just so you won't forget, I left a memo on your calendar to go see the Park Avenue Logan next a.m. Now, is it okay if yeah, I... Go ahead, Gino. It's all right. Your man said it was all right, Gino. Throw him a kiss goodnight. Where do you live, Gino? Where do you live? And go home. Back to the room and wonder idly at the fact that there were no unfinished chess problems to solve or stamps to paste in albums, things that a man in the profession was supposed to be good at before going to bed. Just go to bed and try again for the dream you had so long ago you've forgotten what it is and not find it again. Just sleep. Sleep and wake up to morning and dress again and coffee again and to work again. To the Park Avenue address of Mrs. John Logan. Stop at the desk of the apartment hotel and be given a floor number. Three flights up and down a hall. And stop because a man and woman are standing in front of the door and start to turn away because they're embracing. Hey, you. Not quite make it. You. Come here. See what you were looking for? I'm looking for Don't Mrs. believe him, Al. I never saw him before in my life. Sure, baby. You. Say something real fine to me, Buster. Like why you run up and down this hallway at practically dawn. Else, poor you, big and all, you'll bleed a lot. Oh, yes, you will. Police. Oh? Show me. That's right, Mrs. Logan. Badge says police. Oh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Cut it out. You got company, Albert. You call me Mrs. Logan, the way we said. Because I'm your employer, and I can hire you and fire you and hire you and fire you. (laughs) You mind her? I don't mind. You know, you're lucky, mister, being a cop at a time like this. I really would have right through that wall there at a nocturne, and I could have. Barbell muscles. I lifted. Yeah, it's a fine form of exercise. I approve of it very much. Who are you? Hers. Mrs. Logan's bodyguard. Like she said, hired to guard the body and the home and the welfare while Mr. Logan's in Europe. And I miss him, too. Don't you forget that, Albert. I don't want anybody to forget that. You or you or any of you. Say, yes, ma'am, to me. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Boy named Joe Blair mentioned your husband's name, Mrs. Logan. How 
is old Joe? How's old Josie today, I ask you? Dead. Murdered. Old Josie's dead and murdered, Al. You'd better get some sleep, Mrs. Logan. Look, mister, I was bringing a, from a party. It's my job. Mrs. Logan, how do you know Joe Blair? Mm-hmm. Picked the lad up in St. Louis and dumped him in Indianapolis. Hitchhiked. Hitchhiked with me. Hitchhiked. I told you, Al. Yes, ma'am. On my way back from sunny California, driving along, there was he. In St. Louis, Mo. Knapsack on shoulder, thumb in the air, wind on his cheek. In Indianapolis, he moved over an inch toward me. I pulled up near a cop, smiled at Joe, and told him goodbye. My life, Joe Blair. You want anything else with her, mister? Yeah, I do. When she's sober, see that she gets that way. That's my job. Do it. I'll get around to you later, both of you. What do you think, Danny? Oh, what do you mean, Muggerman? I mean, what do you think? Well, I only asked because I gave you the reports. Watch you spend 15 minutes looking at them, and now all I want is a reaction. You want me to stand on my head? Okay, okay. I just thought all this data I gave you might... You know what's in it as well as I do. Joe Blair has a record of vagrancy in a half dozen towns. That just doesn't happen to solve a murder for me. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. Okay, okay. I, I just thought there was something you might know that I don't know, and... Whatever was in these reports are... You gonna bite my head off if I answer? Answer. Lieutenant Clover's office, Detective Mugman speaking. Who? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait till I write it down. What's 68, then? Okay, I got it. Thanks. Danny? Yeah? Kid named Tommy Cap, the boy that took Tartaglia home. The call was about him. What about him? He's in an alley. You better go get him. Now let us through. Break it. Why don't you go home, lady? It's supper time. There he is, Danny. We got him, all right? Yeah, we got him. It wasn't that way at all. We didn't have him. The thing that had Tommy capped, the thing that had fixed his hands in half-open fist, was something else. The heavy nail driven through a fence a long time ago, its point bared through a rotting two-by-four. That was it. Tommy Cap had been pushed against it. And it held him. Killed him. The sounds you hear on Broadway are fragments. Words broken off and windblown that drift your way. The swift dart of subway noises. And a horn and a whistle and footsteps. The brief, wild sob of the faraway river. You've got to listen close so you'll know if that sound began with laughter or despair. The difference it makes, not much. Broadway reacts to clowns and death in nearly the same way. The blonde who had a little accident on a street corner. Or the dead man you saw propped against a fence in an alley. Something to tell your family about. How the policeman pushed you back so you couldn't see how it all ended. But I saw... I had to stay to the end until Tommy Cap was lifted down and shrouded and taken away. Until Tommy Cap was made a matter of official concern. Then I left. 
go to a place, back to headquarters, write it down, to be transcribed later by a stenographer, to be dated by a dater, stamped by a stamper, to be put in a file by a clerk. I just came from records, Danny. Just about through running Tommy Cap's card through the IBM. Uh, anything? Just about what we figured. Petty stuff. Yeah. He was a steerer, Danny. You know, a kid latched on to convention people, showed them bars, took them to the village, Harlem. How come he had a record? A little trouble conning the ladies a couple of times. Oh, how? He'd promote them for neckties, maybe a sport jacket meals. A couple times we know about, he tried to put the bite on them for dough. Two, three hundred bucks. Twice the lady squawked. Uh-huh. Well, did you get his address? Sure. Rooming house off of West 49th. Might be something interesting there, I don't know. You mean it's an interesting rooming house, Muggerman? A landmark or something? Why don't you ever let me finish anything, Danny? I'm sorry. What about it? Not the rooming house, the roommate. A musician, a piano player named Norm Persack. What's interesting is he plays piano at the 7th Avenue Paradise, a dime a dance joint. You think that's interesting, Danny? Yeah, I think that's interesting. Thanks, Muggerman. Thanks a lot. Man, I thought you'd never come. You Norm Persack? The one, the only Norm. Come in, man. Don't stand that open doorway. That way lies madness. First, you listen to this, man. You close your eyes and listen to this. All right. I just found it. I reached out, and there it was, waiting for me. You hear that? You hear the melody? You hear the song? It's, it's different. Yeah. You got a real taste for a policeman, man. How did you know I was... Are you kidding, man? You made a stir at the 7th Avenue Paradise last night. Norm Persack never forgets. Why I'm here, you know that, too? Sure, man, because I feel it. You're going to ask me why my roomie is dead, why Tommy Cap died like that on a nail. That's right. I don't know. If I could figure those things, man... You see Tommy last night? Twice. Once in the night, the next time around dawn. That's the crazy thing. Tell me about it. Night, Tommy walks in here, dons a Brooks Brothers suit, you know, with a bench in the back. Yeah. Flips the vents at me, walks out. The other time? Dawn. Tommy walks in on me, gathers up a silk shirt, the ties that glow in the dark, throws a kiss, says, See you around, kid. This is farewell to nothing. His party words. You tell you where he'd been, where he was going? He said where he was going. Stands because he hit me for 50 bucks before he left. 50 bucks for wires. Wires? Telegrams. They sell them down the corner hotel. You know. Yeah, I know. You're lucky, man. Yeah. I'll give you a song to exit on. That's the first portion of Broadway Is My Beat. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X-Minus One. Suspense. 
now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to Broadway is my beat. And go to the corner hotel, show a badge, ask a question. Let the whispers make the rounds of the palm deck lobby. And finally, let them come back to you in the shape of a man who pokes his pince-nez at your lapel. Well, anything you say. You could have come in the back door. This is a family hotel. Some of our people even have children. I'll try to set a good example, Mr. Rocket, Francis Rocket. Now, just what is it you want of us? Man came here last night, Mr. Rocket, late, to send some telegrams. Sometimes wanderers come in off the street and do that in here. This man was different. He sent them, walked out of here, then was found in an alley, murdered. That'd be Tommy Cap. Uh, the Times mentioned it today. I often told that boy it end that way. In an alley, if he persisted Could you tell me, Mr. Rocket, who he sent them to? You could keep a record or something that to would... To hotels. To every major hotel between here and... He Saint. sent them to... What? Pay attention, please. To hotels. The exclusive ones between here and St. Louis. The Mayberry in Indianapolis, the region in Columbus, etc., etc., etc. I call the list for him from our owner's hotel guide. Remember what he said in them? I only counted the words, sir. I didn't stoop to explore their meaning. I could tell you this, however, if Tell me. He requested an answer to his query in each. The care of this hotel, collect. None have come in as yet. However, when they do, I'm afraid to collect. I'm afraid. Don't be afraid anymore, Mr. Rocket. When they come, just phone them into us. We've got a fund for collect telegrams. Good for you. You're finished with me, I presume? Of course you are. Yes, Mr. Rocket. Yeah, I have that. Uh-huh. Indianapolis. Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Springfield, too. Thanks for calling again, Mr. Rocket. You heard, Danny? Nothing from any of those places, either. Huh? Same answers as from Wheeling and Pittsburgh and Harrisburg. No one registered by the name of Ruth Logan in any of the big cities on the route. It's not positive, Danny, but... Hi, Gino. You summoned me to your presence, Danny? Yeah, I did, Gino. Last night, Tommy Cap drove you home, didn't he? Oh, no, he did not, Danny. He remembered after we drove for a little while a most pressing engagement to phrase him. So he dropped me at a subway station and waved me a cheery farewell. While you were driving, Gino, did you talk about anything? 
a most refreshing conversation, Danny, about his work, about my work, man to man, straight from the shoulder. You didn't mention anything about the Logans, did you, Gino? You know I know better than that, Muggerman. I've been in this business 20 years. You should behave outside of the shop as good as me. Oh, Gino. Gino, did he try to talk to you about the Logans? Indeed, he made mention of saying, but I deftly sidestepped the issue. That's when he dropped me. What else is on your gentleman's mind? Nothing, Gino. Nothing at all. Hello. I'm Danny Clover, Mrs. Logan. I met you in a haze once, didn't I? Right here, Mrs. Logan, this morning. Come in. There's nobody here but Albert. Hey, Albert. We know him, don't we? You back again, Buster? I'm interrupting something. I'm teaching the ape a waltz. Watch us. Come on, Albert. Now, look, baby. Say yes, ma'am, Albert. Yes, ma'am, but I ain't waltzing. We didn't before anyhow, did we? Really? Turn off the record, Albert. Yes, ma'am. You ran it down this morning, mister. Did I have fun, mister? Hi, mister. This morning we talked about Joe Blair. You remember that? Every word of his. I'm glad you do, Mrs. Logan, because now it's got another murder in it. Look, mister, I'm paid to I know protect... you're employed. You get hired and fired. Then hired again. You off? Come on, Waltz. <laughs> Don't stand there, Mr. Waltz, with me. Leave him alone. Stop making a joke out of yourself. Say please. A man walks in here and talks about two murders, and I'm going to say please. You're a jerk, Ruth. J-E-R-K, jerk. The ape spells. Give him a penny, mister. You people want to perform, go right ahead. I'm still going to talk about murder. All right. We'll listen. Won't we listen now? A question, Mrs. Logan. You left Joe Blair off in Indianapolis, and you kept right on going, that right? Right. Right, right, right. From Indianapolis, where did you go? Columbus. I stayed there overnight. Where'd you stay? What hotel? The Regent, where I always stay. I think it was a Regent. Maybe it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't at any other first-rate hotel in Columbus. I always stay at first-rate hotels. I was at the Regent. We've checked every good hotel between St. Louis and New York, and most of the motels. You didn't stay at any of them. Isn't he clever, Albert? You should be like him. Buster's getting interested. Let's listen. You drove right through, didn't you, Mrs. Logan? I'm a frail little girl. That's a long, long ride for a frail little girl. Not if Joel Blair helped you drive. He must have been pretty good company. <laughs> Curly-headed company. All the way from St. Louis. He must have been interested. Curly-headed. And you must have interested him. He got to New York and he didn't want to let you go. He gets cleverer all the time, doesn't he, Albert? Yeah. On the trip cross-country, he found out you were wealthy, you were married. He figured he had a good thing, called you, made you meet him at his hotel. When this is over, Albert will waltz and waltz. You met him, Mrs. Luck, and decided you were a fool to have ever picked him up in the first place. A knife got mixed up in it, and when you walked out of his room, Joe was dead. What you say is true, then I'm a murderess. Did you hear that, Albert? Someone else figured all this before the police did. Tommy Cap, he found out about a hitchhiker mixed up with a wealthy married woman, so he checked all the hotels between here and St. Louis for blackmail purposes. All right, baby, the mister is clever. 
We're going to waltz, Albert. Don't forget. So Ruth sent you, Albert, to have a little talk with you. In an alley. Where you're going. You killed him. An accident. He backed into a nail. Maybe I'll find one for you. There's a lot about this dancing I haven't taught you, Albert. Our song, Ape. Chill you? Second. Okay, if you want it this way, Albert. You ready, Mrs. Logan? Or you'll make me go? Or I'll make you go. I wouldn't give you the pleasure. Anytime you say, mister. The wheel spins on Broadway, and you bet against the dealers of the night. On the blood red of neon, on the black of the searching wind. Pick a color and make a prayer. And the wheel stops. The red pays off with heartbreak. The black with dust in your mouth. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Kathy Lewis was heard as Ruth Logan, Ed Max as Al Mundo, High Everback as Norm Persack, Paula Victor as Vicky, and Billy Happer as Tommy Cap. Bill Anders speaking. This is the CBS Radio Network. And that's Broadway Is My Beat from November 3rd, 1951, with a Joe Blair murder case starring Larry Thor, as heard on CBS. Before we tune in to Phil Harris and Alice Fay, I want to remind all of our listeners to go to our website at ClassicRadioClub.com. We have set up a club for all of our listeners. You join the club, and we start sending you the best of the best of my library of 100,000 classic radio shows every single month. You're going to get a surprise box in the mail with five CDs, ten classic radio shows. I'm talking the biggest stars, the biggest shows. Plus, I'm going to write liner notes for you. You're going to get a great collection of five CDs, ten shows, sent to your house every single month. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I know Lisa enjoys getting her surprise box. You know, I think it's a great way to be introduced to some radio shows that you wouldn't normally know about. Uh, it's your chance to get introduced to some comedy, some mystery, some sci-fi that you wouldn't normally have the opportunity here and in pristine quality. So you learn about it, you listen to it, and you grow your own collection. Very true. And you know what? You'll never get a duplicate show because we're keeping a very close watch on what we're sending out every single month 
So you're going to get the best of the best. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, time now for a fun Thanksgiving show on the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show. This is called The Live Turkey for Thanksgiving, November 19, 1950, Part 1 of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show. From Hollywood, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. Written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, and Whitfield. Walter Sharp and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman. And starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Alice has decided to take the children to Palm Springs for a few days. Phil is unable to go, so her brother William is driving them down. As we look in, Alice is saying goodbye to Phil. I hate to leave you home all alone, Phil. Just think, I'm going to be gone for three whole days. Yeah, yeah, goodbye. Bye. Stop pushing. Phil, you don't sound like you're going to miss me. Oh, honey. How can you say that? With you away, this house will be an empty shed. Every place I look, I'll see you. The memory of your face and the echo of your voice will linger in every nook and cranny. And I promise... Oh, for heaven's sake, Philip, stop being so corny. (laughs) You're such a square. (laughs) Shake hands with Alice and tell her goodbye. What do you mean, shake hands? I'm going to kiss her goodbye. Oh, I I wish you wouldn't. Every time you do that to my poor sister, it makes me sick to my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, are you sure you're going to miss me? Oh, what a silly question. Of course I am. While you're gone, I won't know how to spend the weekend. I'll be lost. Willie, did you hear what Phil said? Yes, he said he's planning on spending a lost weekend. (laughs) Willie, you're being a nasty little man. One more crack like that and I shall retaliate. You won't dare strike me. (laughs) I'll do worse than that. The next time you have an angel food cake in the oven, I'll stomp on the kitchen floor. Don't worry about me, Alice. I'm going to be working over the weekend anyway. In fact, I'm having the band over tonight to uh, rehearse some classical numbers. Classical numbers? Yeah, you know, stuff like Beethoven's Fifth and Schubert's Moonshine Sonata. Over here to work and not to play poker all night. Alice, I assure you that the boys are just coming over to work. Uh, Mr. Harris, I got the stuff you ordered for tonight. <laughs> what stuff? Carton of bouquet. Wrong house. Get out. Get away. <laughs> Come back later. <laughs> so you and the boys are going to work tonight, huh? Yes. And what are the cards for? Car- car- oh, the cards. Oh, yeah, the cards. Well, they're card stunts. Musicians will hold the cards up in front of them, and it will form a full head of Patrillo. (laughs) With tea. Oh, I see. I wish my old lady was that gullible. (laughs) Now, Phil, the card stunts might make sense. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm anxious to hear this one myself. (laughs) We use the ice cubes for sound effects. Oh, I see. 
I don't. Explain it, bud. Explain it. All right, all right. (laughs) We just happened to be going to rehearse first the waters of the Minnetonka. And in order to get the proper effect, we have Remley breathe on the cubes, and when they melt, we get a dripping sound. Well, I have to hand it to you. That's not bad. It ain't good. Just one more thing, darling. What's in those two cases? Uh, one on the left is a case of a clarinet reeds for the woodwind section. <laughs> when do reeds come in bottles? Oh, honey, don't be silly. It's the newest thing. It keeps them airtight and fresh. Uh, isn't that right, mister? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you see what it says on the bottle, ain't he? Lager reeds. The reeds that made Milwaukee famous. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, don't mention. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a nosy wife. <laughs> so that's a case of beer, and I doubt if you can explain that. I bet I can. I'll bet you can't. I'll take part of that bet, lady. This guy is pretty good. <laughs> I guarantee I can explain the beer, and I say now, uh, oh, the beer. Well, that's for the woodwind section. They dip their reeds in to soften them up. And now tell me, what's in the other case? That's something to soften up the brass section. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are there any other questions? Yeah. What do you want me to do with the six dames I got in the truck? (laughs) Now, that I didn't order. I know, but just for fun, let's see how you get out of that one. <laughs> You'd like that for my old lady. Will you I... get out of here? <laughs> Look, honey, please, why don't you and Willie go upstairs and start the packing, will you? Go ahead, I'll answer that door. Hey, hiya, Frankie. Hey, Curly, I'm raffling off a turkey for Thanksgiving. Can I put you down for ten tickets at a dollar apiece? Well, I don't know. That's that's a little high for a turkey raffle. Well, seeing you're my best friend, I'll tell you what. I'll sell them to you at half price, 50 cents a piece. Okay. Here's the ticket. Here's the money. Thanks. Too bad you didn't win. <laughs> what do you mean I didn't win? Wait till I hold a raffle, will you? Now, when is the winner going to be picked? Last night. <laughs> Served me right. I should have known better than to get roped on something that you're selling. Who's the guy that ran this raffle? By some strange coincidence, it was me. <laughs> uh huh. And who picked the winning number? By an even stranger coincidence, I did. And who won the turkey? Any more stupid questions? Look, I don't understand you, Remley. How can you do a thing like that? I didn't do it for me. I did it for you and Alice. You've been inviting me over for Thanksgiving dinner every year, so this year I'm going to supply the turkey. That's very nice of you, Frankie, but uh, Alice already bought a turkey for Thanksgiving, and we've already got it. It's in the freezer. All right, we'll save that one for Christmas. Let me surprise Alice with my turkey. I got it out in the car. I'll go get it. All right, all right, go get it. Do you need me to help you? No, you stay here and sing. Frankie! Ooh, you're asking me to sing. Why not? I'll be outside and won't hear it anyway. 
Well, here she is. How do you like her? <laughs> How do you do, miss? I'm always glad to meet a girlfriend of Frankie. Now <laughs> ah, then, where's the turkey? Don't be a wise guy. This is the turkey. Oh. With your girlfriends, it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> the last one you had looked like a unicorn. <laughs> She did not look like a unicorn. Just seemed that way because her head came to a point. <laughs> all right, all right, Remley, look, will you listen to that? We can't keep a live turkey in the house. Get old Tom out of here. Early, please, don't call her old Tom. Charmaine happens to be a lady. <laughs> La la, French turkey yet, huh? <laughs> She's very sensitive. You better apologize to her. Oh, by all means, I shall. I beg your pardon, madame. Mademoiselle. <laughs> She's not married yet. <laughs> well, propose to her and get her out of my house. <laughs> Look, if Alice sees a live turkey in her living room, she'll yell, blue murder, you can't see the thing. She doesn't have to see her. We'll hide Charmaine in the closet until after Alice leaves. We'll surprise her when she gets back from Palm Springs. All right, anything. Come on, Frenchie. Now get in there. Get in there. Look, Frankie. Huh? Oh, listen to that. We'd better tie her up and gag her so she won't make any noise. Now, come on and get in there and help me and close that closet door so nobody overhears it. You and a live person. That's the first portion of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X minus one. Suspense. Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, next time it's the conclusion to Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Then it's the Cavalcade of America starring Brian Donlevy. You won't want to miss that. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.